0: Today then we begin with the statement of Al-Imam Al-Tahawi Rahimahullah Ta'ala Wal-Arshu Wal-Kursiyu Haq So here Al-Imam Al-Tahawi He mentions regarding the throne of Allah And the footstool of Allah That they are both truth And in reality Ibn Abil Izz Al-Hanafi Explains that further and says, كَمَا بَيَّنَ تَعَالَ فِي كِتَابِهِ, just as Allah subhanahu wa taala has mentioned in his book, ذُلْ عَرْشِ الْمَجِيدِ, فَعَالُوا الْلِّي يُرِيدَ. So you can see then, Surah Al Buruj, the Arsh of Allah subhanahu wa taala being mentioned. Similarly, in Surah Ghafir, غافر رفيع الدرجات ذو العرش. The arsh the throne of Allah, once again being mentioned in other ayat, ثم استوى على العرش. Again, the عرش, the throne of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala, being mentioned. So you can see that the throne of Allah, subhanahu wa ta'ala it is something that is mentioned throughout the Qur'an similarly the footstool and everybody is aware of the narration or the ayah in fact regarding the footstool and that is ayatul kursi -Kursi wasi'a kursiyuhu as-samawati wal ard affirming the footstool of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that is what al-Imam al tahawi al-Hanafi has mentioned here, and in the explanation Ibn Abi Izz al-Hanafi has given some examples of ayat in the Qur'an, and also some ahadith that indicate the throne of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and speak about this affair. Uh, in one of those the hadith where it states that the messenger sallallahu alayhi sallam said Do you know how big is the distance between the heavens and the earth? قُلْنَا وَرَسُولُهُ They said that, we said Allah and His Messenger know best. قَالَ So the Prophet ﷺ said to them, بَيْنَهُمَا مَسِيرَةُ خَمْسِ مِئَةْ سَنَةِ That between them is the distance of 500 years. Between them is the distance of 500 years. وَمِنْ كُلِّ سَمَاءٍ إِلَى سَمَاءٍ مَصِيرَةُ خَمْسُمِئَةْ سَنَاءٍ And then between every heaven to the next heaven is a distance of 500 years. وَكِثَفُ كُلِّ سَمَاءٍ مَصِيرَةُ خَمْسُمِئَةٌ وَفَوْقَ السَّمَاءِ السَّابِعَةٌ بحر بين, بِحَرْ بَيْنَ أَسْفَلِهِ وَأَعَلَاهُ كَمَا بَيْنَ السَّمَاءِ وَالْأَرْضِ ثم فوق ذلك ثمانية أو عال بين ركبهن أضلافهن كما بين السماء والأرض ثم فوق ذلك العرش بين أسفله وعلاه كما بين السماء والأرض والله فوق ذلك ليس يخفى عليه من عمال بني آدم شيء حديث إذن أبو داود الترمذي ابن ماجه and the hadith, it talks about the distances between the heavens and the earth, 500 years of distance. Then from the heavens to the heavens, one to the next, 500 years of distance. And then it speaks about the the thickness as well of them being of that gap and distance also. And then right at the top of all of that, فوق ذلك is, as the hadith then says, Al-Arsh, the throne, is then above all of that, above all of the rest of this creation. And that's why in another narration, it mentions how the throne of Allah, is like the ceiling of all of creation. Everything in creation, then the throne of Allah, above all of that, and then as the hadith says here, وَاللَّهُ فَوْقَ That Allah is dead above all of that, above all of the creation, above the throne. <laughs> لَيْسَ يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ شَيْءٍ من, uh, uh, لَيْسَ يَخْفَى عَلَيْهِ مِنْ أَعْمَالِ بَنِي آدَمْ شيء. Nothing is hidden from Him, from the actions of Bani Adam. Nothing is concealed from Allah, from the actions of the uh, sons of Adam And there are many other narrations in al-Bukhari Inna arshahu ala samawatihi Kahakada In the hadith of al-Bukhari It mentions also uh, Or oh in the hadith of Bukhari It comes after Regarding the mentioning of the throne Fauqahu arshur rahman That above that Is the throne of ar-Rahman so the point being here, you can see very clearly, the throne of Allah and the footstool, the kursi, they are mentioned in the Qur'an, in ayat, in the sunnah, in Bukhari, other places, Abu Daw, Tirmidhi, ibn Majah, those ahadith are there. So the affirmation of the throne of Allah and the footstool of Allah that is something affirmed in the Qur'an and in the Sunnah. So that is something we affirm. That's why al-Imam al-Tahawi al-Hanafi mentioned it here in the Aqeedah of Ahlul Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. And so from that point then it goes on to mention وَهُوَ مُسْتَغْنِنْ عَنِ الْعَرْشِ وَمَا دُونَهُ bi بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَفَوْقَهُ وَقَدْ أَعَجَزَ عَنِ الْإِحَاطَةِ خَلْقِهِ Here then, it goes on to say that Allah is not in need of His throne. Allah is self-sufficient. Allah is not in need or requirement of His throne. Allah is self-sufficient of all of creation and anything besides the throne, and محيط بكل شيء, Allah is the one that encompasses everything, and is above everything, and قَدْ أَعَجَزَ عَنِ الْحَاطَ خَلْقُهُ that uh, the creation, they are unable to encompass, it is impossible for the creation to encompass, here the explanation will come in the phrases to follow, before that, though, here Ibn Abil al Hanafi mentions the example of the size of the throne of Allah, and we've mentioned this narration before as well. Mal illa min hadid بين ظهري فلاك من الأرض. This hadith, authentic hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ said that the footstool of Allah compared to the throne of Allah is nothing more than a ring thrown into a vast desert. So you have a ring thrown into a vast desert. The size of that ring compared to the vast desert, that is the comparison of the footstool to the throne of Allah. The throne of Allah like the vast desert, and the ring being that footstool in comparison. But then the narration goes on to say, the footstool then, that ring in the vast desert, that in comparison to all of this creation To the heavens and the earth, it is as though that ring now becomes a vast desert, and we are a ring within that vast desert. So relatively speaking, us, this whole creation to the footstool of Allah, then we are but a ring in a vast desert. Vast desert one ring. That is us, all of this creation to the footstool of Allah. But then that vast desert, to the foot, to the uh, throne of Allah, then it becomes like a tiny ring in a vast desert. Such are the comparisons of all of this creation, everything, the universe, what you see, compared to the footstool of Allah. But then that footstool of Allah compared to the throne of Allah, is nothing. So think about the relative uh, size of the creation. And then after that, of course, Allah is more magnificent, the mighty, majestic over and above all of this creation. So that's why Al Imam Al Tahawi says here, That He is self sufficient, not in requirement of the throne. What's the word they use there? In the text. He's not in, need of the not in need of it. That Allah is not in need of the throne. Allah is self-sufficient from the throne. Allah has no requirement or need to the throne. Allah said in the Quran that He is not in need of any of this creation. عَنِ الْعَالَمِينَ Allah is self-sufficient and free and not in any requirement or need of any of this creation. الْعَالَمِينَ means all of the creation. He is not in need of anything of the creation. In another ayah, وَاللَّهُ al الْغَنِيُّ hamid, He is the one that is the, the enriched, meaning the self-sufficient, and the praiseworthy, not in need of anything or anyone, no requirement, no necessity. So, قَالَ رحمه اللَّهُ هَذَا هُنَا ذَكَرَ, ذكر ذَلِكَ عَنِ arsh أَنَّ arsh عَلَيْهِ آ آ لَيْسَ لِحَاجَتِهِ إليه. so Ibn Abil Izz Al-Hanafi says here now, the reason why Al-Imam Al-Tahawi made that point that Allah is not in need of the throne, straight after making the point that we affirm the throne of Allah. Firstly, he made the point that we affirm the throne of Allah, that Allah created the throne. We affirm that. And the kursi, the footstool. Then straight after that, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi brings our attention to the fact that Allah isn't actually in need of the throne. Just in case somebody misunderstands and thinks that Allah created the throne because Allah needed the throne. That Allah had some need for this throne. Allah didn't have need and doesn't have any need, doesn't have any requirement for the throne. Rather Allah created the throne, so that Allah would then be the Most High, above that throne and above everything else. But Allah does not need the throne or have any necessity to it. So, Imam Al-Tahawi wanted to make that clear. That we affirm it, but don't be confused in thinking that Allah needed it. Allah created it, that he be then established above the throne and above everything else but not that he had any need for it. بَلَّهُ بل فِي ذَلِكَ حِكْمَ اقتضته. Allah created that throne with a wisdom. وَكَوْنُ الْعَالِ فَوْقَ السَّافِلِ لَا يَلْزَ مَنْ يَكُونَ السَّافِلِ حَاوِيًا لِلْعَالِ مُحِيطًا بِهِ حَامِلًا لَهُ These are important points Ibn Abil Izz Al-Hanafi now makes. He says just because Something is above something else. Like in this case, we are now saying, of course, Allah is above the throne. Just because you make that point, Ibn Abil Is says, it doesn't mean that there is any connection in terms of one of the items or the lower item encompassing the one above. Like with us, with us. Now, for example... Uh, on the floor, on the chair of where you sit. Now the items have some relative size to each other and they encompass each other. You are now in the chair, for example. He's making the point, we don't say that at all here. We're not saying that there is any encompassment of Allah. Allah is not encompassed by anything. Allah is not uh, contained within anything. So not to be mistaken into thinking that Allah is encompassed within the, the throne or the creation of the throne. Allah is the mighty and majestic superior to all of his creation. And it does not mean either that there is any idea of being carried by the throne. Allah is completely self-sufficient of all of that. Not in need of it. So do not be thinking that Allah has some need for the throne carried or upon the throne carried by it, or or having some requirement of that nature. Allah does not have any requirement of that uh, throne. Ibn Al Ghazee says, "Look at the example of the sky above us." The sky is above us, and it doesn't have any need to the earth. It doesn't have any need or requirement to this earth. It is there above us. فَالرَّبُّ تَعَالَىٰ أَعْظَمُ شَأْنًا وَأَجَلُّ مِنْ أَنْ يَلْزَمْ مِنْ عُلُوِّهِ ذَلِكِ And Allah is far greater than any example we can think of in creation. So Allah is above the throne, established, rose above the throne, without meaning or having any idea that Allah is in need of the throne, that Allah requires uh, to be carried upon the throne, none of that, none of those meanings whatsoever. Allah is not in need of it, does not have any requirement for it. ونفاة ونفاة الْعُلُوُ لَوْ فَصَّلُوا بِهَذَا التَّفْصِيلِ لهدوء إِلَى السَّبِيلِ dalil Sabil. The people of innovation, if they simply understood these points, then they would not have gone astray. If they understood that Allah created the throne, and then Allah is above the throne, but that He is self-sufficient and not in requirement of the throne, they understood these basics about these issues, then they wouldn't have negated that Allah is above. The people of innovation negate that Allah is above. They negate that Allah rose above the throne and is established above the throne. But if they understood these basics, that Allah created the throne, Allah was, uh, uh, rose above the throne, and is the mighty, the majestic, the powerful, not in need... Of the throne or any requirement of the throne. Then they wouldn't have had any reason to reject the highness of Allah. They rejected the highness of Allah upon misunderstanding of the throne and how the throne works. And their misconstruction, misconstruing those ideas. They didn't understand how this works and as a consequence. That was one of the reasons why they rejected Allah being above in the first place. So if only they understood these basics amma qawluhu muheetun bikulli shay'in wa fawqahu muheetun bikulli shay'in fawqahu min qawlihi fawqahu wa nusqaluna min as-sahih hiya sahiha wa ma'naha annahu ta'ala muheetun bikulli shay'in wa faqqa kulli shay' sahih al-imam tahawi says Allah encompasses everything and is above everything Ibn Abil Izz al clarifies it means that Allah is therefore the one who encompasses all of his creation, everything, and is above all of his creation and everything. And it can also mean that he encompasses everything and is above his throne. Na'an. Then he speaks about the details of the different texts. But the point being here, Ibn Abil Izz al hanafi in the explanation, as well as al-Imam al-Tahawi, they are affirming that Allah is above the throne, Allah is above the throne, encompasses everything and is above the throne, and that is mentioned by the explanation of Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi, Fauq al-Arsh, that Allah is above the throne, that is there in the explanation of Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi. That one of the meanings of this can be, مُحِيطٌ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ وَفَوْقَ الْعَرْشِ He encompasses everything above the throne. So that is established and proven in the عَقِيدَةَ Sunnah وَالْجَمَاعَةِ The fact that Allah encompasses everything that's mentioned in the Qur'an, وَاللَّهُ مِنْ Indicating the encompassment of Allah, of all and everything. Allah innahu بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ مُحِيطٍ That indeed Allah encompasses every affair. وَكَانَ اللَّهُ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ محيطا. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala encompasses every affair. So this is an indication again that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the mighty, the majestic, greater than all of this creation. One thing though to highlight, it does not mean, like the aqidah of the Sufis, when we say that Allah encompasses all of his creation, it doesn't mean that Allah surrounds this creation and we are within Allah. That is how the Sufis understand it. Some of the Sufis, they think that it means Allah encompasses all of this creation and we are within Allah. That's the meaning of Allah encompassing us. That we are within Allah. And that is false. We are not within Allah Allah is separate and above this creation, but encompasses all of it. Allah is the mighty and majestic that has everything under His control, but it doesn't mean that we are one entity with Allah and within Allah, and Allah is around us. That is a false understanding of the people of misguidance. And then also, it goes on to mention. Uh, As for the fact that Allah is above all of the creation, that is proven in the Qur'an also clearly in the ayat. So for example, in Surah Al-An'am, it mentions, وَهُوَ الْقَاهِرُ فَوْقَ عِبَادِهِ That he is the one who is the overpowering upon all of his servants. Above all of his servants. That's what the ayah says. فوق عباده Above his servants. Clearly establishing and affirming Allah being above. فوق عباده Clear. Above his servants. Similarly in النحل يَخَافُونَ رَبَّهُمْ مِّنْ فَوْقِهِمْ that they fear their Lord from above them. Again, the ayah highlighting clearly that Allah, our Lord, is above us. That they fear Him, yakhafuna rabbahum. They fear their Lord, where, minfauqihim, from above them. Their Lord who is above them. Similarly, in the hadith that we just saw, it mentioned the same thing, وَالْعَرْشُ فَوْقَ ذَٰلِكَ وَاللَّهُ فَوْقَ ذَٰلِكَ And this narration may have some speech regarding it, but the meaning is exactly the same as everything so far, that the throne is above all of the rest of the creation, it is the ceiling of the creation, and then above that Allah is, Allah is above all of that, all of the creation Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala above it. In another narration, لَمَّا al اللَّهُ الْخَلْقِ كَتَبَ فِي كِتَابٍ فَهُوَ عِنْدَهُ فَوْقَ الْعَرْشِ إِنَّ رَحْمَتِي سَبَقَتْ ghadabi That when Allah decreed the creation, He wrote in the book which is with Him, above the throne. In the book, which is with Him above the throne, that indeed My mercy precedes My anger. Again affirming Allah being above the throne, and there are other narrations, many of them, highlighting the exact same thing regarding Allah subhanahu wa taala being above. So there is no doubt about that. Anybody who uh, argues against that, then they are arguing against the clear and blatant evidences regarding Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being above the creation. All of this speech you hear from the people that Allah is everywhere. A common false aqeedah of the people that Allah is everywhere. There are so many evidences telling you Allah is above. In fact, the scholars, they say, even if you just think about it in your mind, you'll recognize how false this Aqeedah is to say Allah is everywhere. They say, for example, when you think about things just logically, simply in your mind, yourself in relation to somebody else, you can either be below them in level, You can either be sat below. So now imagine somebody came and sat on the floor here. That person is obviously at a lower level than the ones sat on the chairs. Somebody elderly, for example, if he came in, would you tell him to go sit on the floor whilst the youngster sit on the chair? You wouldn't do that. Why not? Because it's recognized clearly that the respect and the honor and the nobility is to sit higher on the chair, not to sit The elderly person and the one that you want to give respect and nobility to on the floor down there. That's something you recognize yourself. What about now when you see, for example, the kings and those kinds of parliament and whatever they have. The leader, the president, etc. Kings especially, when they have their big hall of people, the leader is always sat with his chair at a level which is above all of the, the committee and everybody sat there they're always above or even if they are at the, the same kind of level, the leader will always be at the head of the table above, so it's recognized even in nature that being above is where the respect is, being below isn't, that isn't being equal which is better how do you show more respect to somebody by putting them equal to yourself or putting them above yourself? Now if we had here a big, fat, comfortable sofa compared to these other chairs, somebody elderly etc comes in, we want to show them respect, where would you put that person? On the the Onto chair. the bigger, higher, comfortable chair rather than on the equal level with us because being higher. That is more respect and honor than being even at the same level. Being below is completely off. So now there's three scenarios. Three scenarios. Either somebody is below you, and that's obviously not respect. Or they are at the same level as you, equal. Or they are above you. With Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, is anybody going to dare say, below us? No chance. Would you say that you are equal to Allah? Allah is everywhere, equal, all of us. You have to say Allah is above. How can you say certainly below? No chance. Equal to us everywhere? Equal, we are equal. Allah is everywhere. We, Allah, everywhere here, equal. No chance. Allah is above us under creation. That's clear. So even when you just think about that, you know really in your heart, there's no way you can say, we're equal to Allah here on this land. Allah is above us, above this earth, above the creation. We're the small creation, Allah is the creator. Also another example, these people who say Allah is everywhere, another example which proves, that they're not really understanding the correct aqidah, and it's a false aqidah to believe Allah is everywhere. When they make dua, the sunnah when you make dua is to, to raise your hands, when you make dua, raising your hands is good. Raising your hands roughly to the level of your shoulders, that's the sunnah way to do it. Not like this as some people do. That's not the way. Dua, if you do it properly, raising of the hands is about your shoulders. About your shoulders, that's what you do it. Not just like that. So you raise your hands to the shoulders. That's what you do. That's what you can do for some dua. But here, you raise your hands, the point is you raise your hands. When these people who claim Allah is everywhere, if Allah is everywhere, why do you need to raise your hands? And in the istisqa prayer, raising it even above as the Prophet ﷺ used to do, why would you raise your hands like that, upwards and above, if Allah is everywhere? If Allah is everywhere, you can just keep your hands down there, you can put your hands on the left hand side of your body, put your hands on the right hand side of your body, put your hands wherever you want when you make making dua, j'a. Allah is everywhere. But even they, the ones who say Allah's everywhere, dua, the hands go up. Have you seen anybody who claims Allah is everywhere, making dua here or here or here, anywhere? Even the ones who claim Allah is everywhere, Allah is everywhere. You guys are wrong, you Wahhabis, you this, you that. Every time when they make dua, the dua, they know in their heart, they understand, everybody knows the aqeedah. It's not Allah's everywhere, Allah is above. They will make dua, above, tell them why, you believe Allah's everywhere, how come every time you make dua it's like this, up above to Allah, because that is what the correct aqidah is, Allah is above, Allah is not everywhere, everywhere as they claim, and then on top of that, Shaykh Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, if you start talking about Allah being everywhere, you're going to have to start making a million, billion exceptions. Allah's everywhere, mashallah. So, is Allah now when they start saying, what about the bathroom? No, no, accept that. What about the guy over there, the neighbor? he has got a dog in his patio at the back in the yard, that yard too? No, no, okay, that's an exception too then. What about the, uh, the bathrooms and the toilets and all these hotels and takeaways and restaurants? No, they're exceptions too. What about the garbage, rubbish dump where you go throw everything, the big trucks go dump? No, that's an exception too. You're gonna have a billion exceptions. So, Allah's everywhere but except a billion places that are this massive list of exceptions. al Islam ibn Taymiyyah said, what are you talking about? Allah's everywhere. So what about this and that and below you? If Allah's everywhere, then at the side of you and below you. Allah's everywhere. So it doesn't make sense. So many places, you, now you go outside on the street, and a dog walks past, and he does his business there. Now that's an exception, that spot there. And that's an, this is exception, 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 everywhere. Where the clean place you're going to say Allah is then? So you can't have this false aqeedah. Allah is everywhere. Nowhere in the Quran and the Sunnah Allah is everywhere. Allah is everywhere in one sense, in terms of knowledge. His knowledge, His hearing, His seeing. Allah sees everything, hears everything, knows about everything. But we don't say Allah is here mixed in with us everywhere. Allah is above, on top of all of this creation. And that is what makes sense clearly. The Creator is above all of His creation. That's the clear, clear, correct aqidah, And it's proven in the Qur'an so many times. al arsh In the Qur'an, what do these ayat mean? That Allah then rose above, went above the throne, And the throne we know is the highest point of creation. Allah went above that. So many places in the Quran, in the Sunnah. Yet they have to come along. No, no. Allah is everywhere. Cannot be that Allah is above. Because they can't affirm these names and attributes. They can't affirm the the throne of Allah as it is. They can't affirm other aspects of the names and attributes. They have to make distortion with everything. But when you look at the aqidah, the evidences, it is so clear. Clear that Allah is above the throne, is that ceiling of the creation. And that is proven by the ayat of the Qur'an and by the ahadith in the sunnah. So here then, من سمع alayhi الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم وكلام السلف ابن al-hanafi Remember, this is why we said we're going to do this explanation. The explanation of Ibn Abil Izz Al-Hanafi himself. And the book Al-Imam Al-Tahawi Al-Hanafi himself. This is the book we're doing, the explanation we're doing. So this is the correct aqidah. In this now, Ibn Abil Izz Al-Hanafi says, If you listen to the hadith of the Prophet wasallam, and you listen to the speech of the Salaf, وَجَدَ مِنْهُ فِي إِثْبَاتِ الفوقيّة مَا لَا <ينحصر> Ibn Abi Izz al says, if you listen to the hadith of the Prophet and you listen to the speech of the Salaf, you will find evidences regarding Allah being above so many of them, you won't be able to count them. You will find so many evidences in the sunnah and the statements of the salaf about Allah being above, you won't even be able to count them all up. That's how many evidences there are regarding Allah being above. And this is Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi saying that. And we said before, even Imam Abu Hanifa affirmed Allah is above. Affirmed it. It's mentioned in the book which is attributed to him, Al-Fiqh al-Akbar. In that book, Al-Imam Abu Hanifa said, لَيْسَ مِنْ وَصْفِ an أَنُّ Allah اللَّهَ مِنَ الْأَسْفِلِ It is not from the characteristics of Allah, the, the worship of Allah, that you make dua to Him downwards. That is not correct. So what's correct? That you make dua up to Allah. Al-Imam Abu Hanifa saying that. It's not correct to be making du'a down. Rather the du'a is up to Allah because Allah is above. Statement of Al-Imam Abu Hanifa himself. Yet the people they come along know Allah is everywhere. So the evidences are clear. وَلَا رَيْبَةَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ سَبْحَانَهُ لَمَّا خَلَقَ الْخَلْقِ لَمْ يَخْلُقْهُمْ فِي ذَاتِهِ الْمُقَدَّسَةِ فَإِنَّهُ الْأَحَدْ الصمد Ibn Amir Izz Al-Hanafi now says, when Allah created the creation, Allah created them separate. Allah didn't create the creation within Himself. Allah created this creation as a separate creation. Allah created them, not within Himself. We're not one entity with Allah. Allah created the creation there. Separate. That's what Ibn Abil Izzah Al-Hanafi he mentions here. I'm just wondering, uh, there's a deviant Hanafi, uh, one My friend was telling me, he uh, called him Yasir Al-Hanafi, and he was uh, calling the ayah, Allah is nearer to you, than you juggle away. We'll come this to those, why? we'll come to those evidences. Here it mentions, lam yalid wa lam Yulad that Allah has not begotten, nor was He begot, nor did He beget, that neither was Allah born, neither did He give birth. فَتَعَيَّنَ أَنَّهُ خَلَقَهُمْ خارج عَنْ ذَاتِهِ So all of this, the fact that Allah is one, He did not give birth, nor was He given birth to, it is all separate from His creation, that Allah uh, from Himself, separate from Himself, means that Allah created the creation as a separate entity outside, and not within Himself. أَنَّهُ قَائِمٌ بِنَفْسِهِ غَيْرُ So here he mentions that Allah is separate, غَيْرُ مُخَالَطْ لِلْعَالَمِ He is not mixed in with the creation. So all of these evidences are highlighting very clearly, the position of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah, regarding where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, regarding the throne of Allah, regarding the Qursi, the footstool. As for this ayah and other evidences that they think, are evidences to show that Allah is everywhere the evidence that Allah is closer to you than your jugular vein does it say in the ayah that Allah is closer to you than your jugular vein what does the ayah say what does the ayah say exactly does it mention Allah Allah is closer to you than your jugular vein huwa as a pronoun that he or it is closer to you than your jugular vein. What's that referring to? Anybody who has any understanding of tafsir, when you look at those ayat, just leading up to it, it's talking about the angels. That's the tafsir of the scholars of tafsir, the mufassirun. They've mentioned this ayah in particular, it's referring to the angels that write down your deeds, that they are closer to you than your jugular vein, by consensus of the Salaf, one on your right, one on your left, writing your good deeds, writing your bad deeds, that is from the tafsir of the Salaf, from the tafsir of the Mufassirun, that the ayah is, one particular tafsir, referring to the angels, being closer to you than your jugular vein, that they are writing down your deeds, even if, we say it refers to Allah, then like we've already said very simply, Allah is closer to you than your jugular vein, meaning that Allah's knowledge, hearing, seeing, everything. Even more than that, what's in your chest, what you are thinking, Allah is aware of all of that. So these are not proofs that Allah is everywhere. If that was the case, back to all those same arguments again. Why are you making dua with your hands up? Then if Allah is everywhere, make your, make your dua here then. Make your dua here. Why don't you do that? Because they know that's nonsense. They know that's nonsense. So they do not understand the reality. These people haven't studied. They've never gone and properly studied these books. They do the, the explanation of these books in, in 10 or 15 sessions. Read through it like it's done. No explanation. They won't even take the explanation of Ibn Abil Hanafi, Ibn al Izzal, Hanafi, they won't even take his explanation. Hanafi. Hanafi himself, Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, Hanafi. All Hanafi. But then they say, oh no, no, he's not real Hanafi. That's what they say. If you ask them now, we're doing Ibn Abil al-Hanafi. I'm reading his words, what he says. They say, no, Ibn Abil Izz al-Hanafi isn't a proper Hanafi. Because all his explanation is giving the real explanation. Proper explanation of the aqeedah of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah. So when it comes to that, they've decided, no, he's not, he's not Hanafi enough. He's not a proper Hanafi now. Because he's giving the proper real aqeedah. Explaining Allah is above, etc., everything. So, we're going to round off on that point for today. Uh, We'll carry on with it. There's more to come yet on the issue of Allah being above and the throne, etc. We'll come back to it, inshallah ta'ala, from the next session. And then after that, it's going to be about Ibrahim alayhi salam and Musa alayhi salam uh, regarding those messengers. That topic comes up as well. Any other questions? Yeah, in the translation, in this uh, gold (coughs) translation uh, that some brothers have, it mentions mounted uh, uh, in the explanation. But mounted is not particularly a suitable word. It doesn't really bring about the right understanding in your mind. Mounted, rather we say Allah rose above the throne, was established above the throne, but mounted, that wording there isn't quite right, doesn't appear to be quite right. about the hadith, uh, narration of Abu Hanifa, aside from Abu Mut al-Balki, uh, isn't he? Imam Zahabi said he had weakness with him, so is that narration still. Uh, that narration. What's what narration? From, uh, Abu Mut al Balkhi, when he said Abu Hanifa, says, Whoever says Allah is not above all the is arshis, uh, disbeliever. So we haven't quoted that narration. Where then the hadith, the narration we're quoting is the narration where Abu Hanifa he mentioned about the dua and the uh, the usaf of al Uluhiyya. He said, Laisa min wasfil uluhiyya an yudha Allah min al Asfal. Abu Alis Abu mentions. Uh, In that point as well, he mentions uh, that narration of Abu Mutal Balkhi. So I was wondering is that. No, but uh, what you're quoting there is different. It's a slightly different version of it. It's not the same one. Where is it in in his version of it? It's really. It's not. It's Where it says the information. Whereabouts? I'll just find it. The whole book, Al Al Akbar, it's only attributed to Imam al Hanifa anyway it cannot be established with certainty possibly some of the scholars believe it to be with certainty and it could be but it's it's one of those books that is attributed to al-imam of hanifa attributed to him and it's the statements etc are attributed to him therefore even if even if that statement the exact one is incorrect it doesn't make any difference this aqida is the Aqeedah of Al Imam Ibn, ibn Abdul Izz al Hanafi, the Aqeedah of Al Imam al Tahawi, both of whom are Hanafi, have taken their Aqeedah from the chain of Al Imam Abu Hanifa. So it makes no difference anyway. Hmm. Okay, wait, let me see, where is it here? It's a different layout. Okay, let me see. It's a different one, it's a different one. It's not, it's not uh, the one that I quoted. Well, with this narration though, generally, someone's scholars use this one with is narration. Maybe, and stuff, so I mean, so like we said, uh, even uh, if that narration, that version there about the Arsh and Allah being above specifically, even if it's proven not to be correct, this whole book, Ibn Abil al-Hanafi, Al-Imam al-Tahawi al-Hanafi, all taken from the root of the Hanafiyya, of Al-Imam Abu Hanifa al-Hanafi, this is the, the aqidah of Al-Imam Abu Hanifa. This is his Aqidah. This is what they say in the beginning, in the introduction. So even if that one narration is not proven, the whole book is the Aqidah of Imam Abu Hanifa. Hmm. Anything else? Um, How are they trying to disprove all of these things? That's, I mean, if if you follow the classes, you'll have to listen to some of the audios from the past. We've been discussing this generally about the types of distortion they make in the names and attributes how they reject names and attributes. There's various things that the people of innovation because of their false principles they did. If they couldn't understand something, they adapted it to make their brain understand it. There's lots of things that they do which ends up following their desires away from the true meaning of the texts. So we'll leave it there then. Next week, inshallah, carry on with the next section.